0: well good morning everybody how are y'all today we'll try that one more time good morning everybody how are you this morning it's good you guys had way more coffee than i did you i've been here for a while so you guys should be a little more lively right i don't know what kind of condition your car was in. i went out and i think the raindrops literally literally that's a fun word to say like froze instantly like they were still like mounds on my car i was like man goodness gracious it was cold last night so but i'm excited to get to speak the word of god glad you are here this morning pastor is upstairs teaching the class but always appreciate the opportunity to uh speak the word of god with you this morning glad you're here and uh you made it down who had snow at their house this morning anybody That's so weird. I grew up in Montana, so like you didn't have that dynamic. If it snowed, everybody had snow, right? Like, you didn't have this like, yeah, I'm one minute up the road. I got snow, you don't, la la la. Like, we didn't have that. Like, if it was cold and snowing, everybody had it. Like, so this is just a different dynamic for me, but uh, we're glad you made it down. Steve and Debbie, I didn't think I'd get to see them this morning, they even made it from Camino. So, uh, sorry, I gotta get my, my props out here. If you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, most of you probably don't, so that's okay. But here's the pool we talked about. We're going to do some baptisms this morning. Who's ready to get wet? (laughs) Everybody's getting wet this morning. Just so you guys know, you're all getting baptized just to make sure, get you ready for Easter on Sunday. You guys ready? Who's got the water? I'm being silly. No, we're good. You'll find out what the pool's all about in a few minutes. You can turn your Bibles to John chapter 12 this morning. Palm Sunday, um, I remember as a kid, my grandma took me to, um, I think it was a Methodist church. Um, she picked me up a couple times and, and took me. And I do remember um, doing the, the Palm Sunday celebration. And I remember having an actual palm branch as a little kid. And you know, standing in the street and kind of reenacting that and stuff. And um, so we don't have any palm branches today. I don't know why. It just popped in my mind and uh, thinking about Palm Sunday and what that represents. We're going to talk about that today if you are ready. um, You guys all get a little handout. If you don't have a pen, your neighbor probably has one in their purse. They'll bless you with one this morning. Um, I say that because you'll probably use it and forget to give it back. So they'll just bless you with it. Amen. I was at uh, the post office the other day and I needed a pin and the guy had one right next to, like right there. And I'm like, can I just use this pin or no? I'm like, all right, it says US Postal Service on it. Like he acted like it was like his prized pin. I'm like, so I can't use your pin real quick? No, you can use that one over there with the chain on it. And I'm like, nice. So I went over to the one with the chain. and I'm like, uh, there's no tip. Somebody stole the tip out of it. He was like, you can have mine. I'm like, wow, you could have done that the first time, right? Like, could have just been a nice guy. Amen. He actually was a nice guy. We were laughing about it afterwards. So John chapter 12 has nothing to do with my message other than just being a blessing to people. John chapter 12, verse number 12, it says, The next day the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he... Who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel? Now, um, I obviously did not grow up in an area that had kings and queens. Um, I've never been to do they call a royal procession? Is that the right words that I'm using, right? Um, but I've seen it on the news. I've seen it on TV. They don't ride horses and chariots anymore. They ride in armed limousines, tanks with wheels, right? Like they come down the city street, but it's still today. They show this kind of honor to kings and queens and, you know, they barricade the, the walls or the, the streets and they take them down this, is it called a um, procession? Is that the, am I using the right words? Um, you know, and they, they take it, they show respect and honor to, to that title, to that position. And so I want you to begin to paint this picture. So here comes Jesus, their King, they're the one. And so they grab the palm branches and they're laying them on the dirt. So the King doesn't get, you know, just all of that honor and respect and just making sure. And then Jesus found a young donkey sat on it just as it was written, think about this for a moment. A King does not ride on a donkey. Right. So right from the get go, you know, this, this story just has a, a great twist to it, right? That, and just a great image of who Christ is. And he says, fear not daughter of Zion, behold, your King is coming sitting on a donkey colt. Now, how many of you guys have ever, um, tried to prepare a meal, a feast, put on a, an event, um, you, all the planning and preparation and, and you're cooking or, or something and you run out of something. Right, like you run out of vegetable oil, and you're like, oh, improvise, olive oil. Nobody'll know, right? Like, or you get to the end, and you're like, you need a cup of sugar. You got half a cup, so you call your neighbor. Like you, like you improvise, right? I just want you guys to know that that the reason Jesus was on a donkey was not because they went to grab the horse and somebody stole the horse. Okay, like it's not like they went to get the stallion. Like, where's the king's horse? And they're like. Where'd he go? He must've got out. Oh, just grab the donkey. Let's go. No, this was absolutely intentional. Okay. This was not by chance that he ended up on a donkey. It wasn't like a last minute or last ditch effort to fix what was wrong here. Like he intentionally came in on a donkey. How many of you guys, you're thinking about that last time you tried to prepare a nice meal and you ran out of something, right? Like all the ladies and the guys that like to cook. Any guys that like to cook in the house? Amen. A couple of you. All right. Good deal. know who my friends are. I know who I'm coming to eat dinner with. Amen. This morning, there's three aspects of his triumphant appearance that I'd like to talk with you about today. Um, Number one, his triumphant entry into our lives is, first of all, he appears. That's simple. Amen. Trying to make it easy for you guys. How many like easy fill in the blanks? Amen. Number one, he appears. Amen. If you have a Pin you can fill that in it was not by chance or accident that he came in on a donkey it is the story of the king who came as a lowly servant on a donkey not a prancing steed not in royal robes but on the clothes of the poor and humble and Jesus Christ comes not to conquer by force as earthly kings but by love grace mercy and his own sacrifice for his people this morning as we think about Palm Sunday and his triumphant entrance into the city, I want to talk to you today about his triumphant entrance into our lives personally. See, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, everyone knew a regiment change was taking place. When Jesus begins to ride into your life, I think that moment of apprehension takes place because we recognize that A regimen change must take place in our hearts, and that many times is what hangs people up. Can we be honest for a moment this morning? Jesus did not appear coincidentally or by chance or luck. This was the day that God had foretold for generations, and God's people had been praying for. The Bible says that his appearance, well, studies say, not the Bible, but in the Bible, there was over 300 and 50 prophecies that led up to his appearance, his death, his resurrection, his works, the things he did. It was not by chance or luck, just as we read in that scripture, just as the prophets foretold, Behold, your king is coming sitting on a donkey. It was not by chance or luck that he was on a donkey. It was what was declared long before he ever took his first breath on the earth. The things that God desires to do in our life have been prophesied and spoken long before you ever have your first encounter with his triumphant entrance into your life. Amen. So Jesus did not appear coincidentally, nor by chance or luck. This is the day that God had foretold. Jesus appeared according to the word that had been prophetically prophesied, not according to a religious context. They had expected a triumphant king. He appeared as a servant. Amen, and I think that's where so many times we miss it with Jesus is we're expecting this, this Savior to come and to just take control of our life and to show us our rights and wrongs and to, to, to just dictate what we should do and what we shouldn't do and, and all of these things. But that's the beautiful part about who Christ was is he's never appeared in our lives in that way and never will. Amen, he always comes as a humble servant, ready and willing to respond to His Word and what has been declared in His Word, Proverbs chapter ten and verse number twenty-two. Um, there's there's two different verses I'm going to share with you today. A couple more, but two of them. Am, might need it. Is this needing a little more juice? I keep cutting. Um, but there are two verses that I love when it comes to, you know, the offering or or giving or money. And um, as I was praying and and working on this message, God just just really kind of showed me something that I hope you see also today the bible says in proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22 it says the blessing of the lord makes one rich how many of you like that how many of you automatically like amen more money more money right isn't that the way we filter that no just some of us okay a couple of us we're a work in progress all right i'm just trying to get a pulse of the room this morning amen we're in church The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Truly encountering Jesus will never leave you with questions or concerns. The blessing of God and who Christ is never comes to your life and creates a burden in your life. Everything God does and gives and supplies and asks of you never becomes a burden. It's a blessing. Amen. And I began to think about this passage of scripture. I was like, that is so true. It is not by chance or luck. It's by blessing that God does what he does in my life. And it is totally according to his promise that he has promised to me that that he will make my life rich in every aspect of my life. That I don't have to walk with sorrow. I don't have to walk with burden because he doesn't come to rule in a dictatorship. He comes to rule in servantship over our lives. So the blessing never comes to your life in the form you've imagined. Jesus shows up in your life according to the parameters that have been set by the word of God. Jesus, I'm going to say that one more time. There's two of them I should have put in there, but I forgot. So forgive me, but I'm going to say this one more time. Jesus shows up in your life according to the parameters that have been set by the word of God. Now listen to me really carefully this morning. We don't see blessing because we're looking for it to fit in the scope of our imagination or our religious context in which we've been brought up or even in the space of our will. We don't see the blessing of God because we're looking for it to fit in the scope of our imagination or the religious context in which we've been raised or taught or even in the space of our will. See, a lot of people want Jesus to show up, but they want him to fit within the context in which they preconceived and the way that it makes them feel good about their life and the way that it makes them feel like they have significance according to their will. Amen? But I found more and more that Jesus doesn't show up in those parameters in my life. Do I have any friends? That Jesus has never shown up in the way that you thought he would show up. Amen. He, he's always done things uniquely different, and it always leaves me with, God, you are amazing. God, I, I don't understand how you work, and I never will, and I am so thankful because if I start understanding how God works, I won't have faith anymore. Amen. And when you go on to read that passage of scripture where he came in and they found out that, that Jesus wasn't going to stand for who he was, he wasn't going to stand up for his kingship, they, the people got mad, the uprising took place, they're like, wait a second, you're our king, speak, and he wouldn't do it. Because Jesus will never force his life on people. He will never strong arm his authority in your life. Amen? Because he just appears. Second one this morning, he transforms. He appears, he transforms. See, the blessing of who Christ is and what he wants to do in and through you has nothing to do with chance or luck. I mean, we say it all the time. I, I've been doing a series on luck or blessing with the students and I've caught myself now saying luck and lucky and, and even my kids the other day were like it's we we're playing basketball and I said it to one of the kids there's this girl that I mean she plays with the boys and and she makes them look like they don't even know how to dribble. I mean this girl is phenomenal. She's a sophomore at Union Mine High School and I go out I was playing basketball with her the other day and out there and I'm just like this girl is amazing. And I mean, she's just throwing up shots. Everything's just going in. And I'm like, man, that was a lucky shot. And Jake's like, Dad, it's not luck, it's blessing. And I'm like, Christ, got me, got me. But we do it, we don't even realize what we're doing. Amen. We don't even realize what we're saying. We don't even realize what we're believing. We don't even realize what we're asking sometimes and the parameters in which we're asking for because we've just been so indoctrinated to this mindset. But the blessing of Christ is, and, or the blessing of who Christ is and what he wants to do in you and through you has nothing to do with chance or luck, because luck is defined as events or circumstances that operate for or against an individual. How many of you know, like, you find out some people that have had some bad luck, and you stay away from them? How many of you guys know, like, if Job was in our church today, how many of you would avoid Job? Job. Like, I am not hanging out with Job. I'm not getting in a car with Job. I'm not going out to lunch with Job. Like, I'm not, I'm not going fishing with Job. I'm not, no, we're not doing it. That, like, you know what I mean? You, you look at Job, you're like, that dude has nothing but bad. Thank you. Bad luck, bad juju, bad everything. Like, wouldn't we just write up and be like, man, homeboy, what is, here's what us holy people would do. What sin is in his life? That's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> chance to find something that happens completely unpredictably, without discernible human intention or observable cause. Think about this for a minute. Jesus did not show up by chance and by luck. It was not completely coincidental that he ended up on a donkey. It was not completely coincidental that he didn't stand up for himself. It was absolutely on purpose, God designed, God ordained and declared over 350 times the way that he would appear before humanity. So humanity has always sought for answers, sought for change, sought for a better life. How many of you guys heard that? Man, I'm just trying to better myself. Just trying to better my life, got to. I just got to make some changes, man. My life. I got to get my life together. Got to get my life better. I got. If I just got this, if I just got. Just, just trying to get a better job. I'm just trying to try and try and to get get. You know what I'm talking about? And we've been indoctrinated to think that it's found in superstitions. If I just do these things, you know. How many of you? Anybody follows sports? Any sports fans in here? Okay, I don't know if this applies to cooking shows or to quilting, so forgive me. I got to use sports for this one. Okay, but um, when you listen to like these athletes, okay, and, and they talk a lot about it. Now I remember, I just saw some a couple weeks ago about how their their pregame routine and um, and JJ Redick, one of the guys. I don't know if you know who he is, but they were just talking about his self-discipline and his pregame routine and and how he has to take a nap at a certain time. This is like, how many of you guys just wish you could take a nap? Amen. Right. Can I get some friends in in church this morning? It's like, man, if I could just get a five minute nap, right. Alicia gets a lot of them or she wants one. She wants one. Amen. And, um, and these guys like, I got to get a nap at this how. You know, so many hours before the game, I got to eat this. I need to go out and shoot this many hours before the game. Like they just have these these routines because they they feel if if I don't do these things precisely at the right time in the right routine, I'm not going to be able to shoot the basketball. I'm not going to be able to play at the level that I feel I could play at. Now I'm not anywhere near getting an NBA contract. Okay, just just gonna put that out there. Although I, I dream. Of, how many of you remember Field of Dreams, right? Where the old guy gets the you know the the pitching contract? You know, uh, I'm I'm thinking, man, the Kings could really use a, a bald white guy to just make a couple of good passes, a couple of good shots. Me, like you don't even have to give me the the, the minimum contract. Just in just you know 100 grand for one year, I'd do it. Like, I mean, that's chump change. They uh, anyways. But we're so conditioned to believe, like I gotta do this, this, this in order to to get, or to perform, or to, so so we're conditioned as people by superstitions, right? By chance, by luck, you know. And then it, and then when they go out and they still lose. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but if I was that regiment in my routine, and then I go out and lose, I'd be like, forget that routine. I'm getting a new one. Amen. Like, I don't know about you guys, but when I have a bad day, I start looking like, what did I do today? Okay, we're not doing that again, right? Like you just start to kind of, but these guys, they don't. Win or lost. they'll miss all their free throws. They won't make a shot in the game, and they'll still keep their routine. It reminds me of a story, another time that Jesus came walking into a town. John chapter 5, verse number 1. Are we doing all right this morning? All right, first service was a little more lively than you guys. You got to step up your game. I was getting amens. I was like, people were like, come on, preacher. Like getting their hanky out, huh, Bill? Bill was standing up and dancing on the chairs. We're having a good time this morning. You guys need to... Yeah, he wore himself out in first service. John chapter 5 and verse number 1. says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate... I just hit puberty. Sheep gate. <sighs> You guys should, every one of you should have to get up here and preach sometime and try and do this. I'm making fun of my own self. You guys didn't even notice, did you? Which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, babe, having five porches. I always say, I make fun of that name and sorry. I'm having a whole little conversation in my head right now. Focus. And in these lay a great multitude of sick people. Now begin to think about this for a moment. A great multitude of sick people. Lame, paralyzed, blind, waiting for the moving of the water. I remember we went on a missions trip to the Dream Center and um, went to Skid Row. And um, I've been around the world, a couple of different countries in Mexico. And that was probably the most intense experience I've ever had in my life, walking down Skid Row. I have never felt such demonic, spiritual, I don't even, I I literally, forgive me, I don't know how else to say I. I wanted to like throw up the whole time. Like it just, I've never felt that way in my life. And it was the most intense, um, and it wasn't because of the smell, it was what it was doing to me inside. And um, we got to this place. And we're walking the streets and just trying to, to show love and maybe pray for somebody and believing for just one miracle. And uh, we got to this spot and it was this building and it had like a courtyard and a gate. And this place was like a distribution. They would give out aid, but they could only do so much a day. And, you know, it, that was it. And so people were just packed into this place and laying all over like the bushes and the planter. I mean, it was just it was, and they didn't want to lose their spot in line. So they would not move and they would, um, just take care of business right there. I mean, it was the smell and I I can't even put into words, but I remember they were so desperate for what they could potentially get from this place that they would lay there and do that to themselves and just, and as I began to think about this story, I, I just thought about like, that's probably the closest thing I've seen to something like this. And says that they just laid there waiting for an angel to come down at a certain time into the pool and stir the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. And Jesus, coming onto the scene, sees one lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have... No one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. So Jesus said to him, rise and take up your bed and walk. This story has always challenged my heart. And I feel like God showed me something different in this study, but I've always been moved with compassion for the guy that had nobody. And I just begin to think about how many times do I walk by people that are so desperate for what I have. And they don't even know it. They're so desperate for somebody just to reach a hand out to them. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to illustrate. But I, I want to sh- share something deeper with you today. I need, um, I need some help. Josh, you trust me, right? Help me enough, Zach. Do you trust me still? <laughs> Perfect. Come on. I need one other. Trent, do you trust me? Getting there. Perfect. Now, out of these three, I need one of them to be lame. Which one do you guys think is the lamest one? Let's. <laughs> Kidding. I would. I would pick Zach, but let's do Trent. Sorry, Trent, you get to be the lame man laying next to the pool. Can you do that for me this morning? Yeah, what's nice about laying down is you don't have to look at these people. Perfect. So I want you to listen to this real quick as these guys stretch and get ready. Okay? Get warmed up. I don't want you guys to throw anything out. I know you haven't been working out at Lord's Gym. You're just working. <sighs> Think about this for a minute. It was the lame, those that are unable to move, the blind, those that are unable to see, and the sick. It doesn't say what their sickness was, but when I read this passage of scripture, something just leaped in my spirit. I was like, as the angel would come down and trouble the water, the first one in got their answer but me and my like i don't know if it's just the way my brain operates when i read the lame man laid there and he wasn't the only one he's never getting in he can't move he's lame he's not getting in the water and then i was like the blind man how is he going to see the water move And yet they laid there day and night, waiting, hoping. But I thought, man, Jesus walks into this city, and I, I did some research because I, I I wanted to to not take away from the word of God is so much fun because there's the there's the practical application, there's the the factual application, there's you know the. Fill in the blank application. And um, so I'm trying to not just do the fill in the blank application, but I just did a little research real quick and just some different takes on what these pools were. One person said the pool um, or pools were pagan pools, one dedicated to Fortuna, the goddess of fortune and the other to Asclepius, the god of healing. Um, another one says, I think it's reasonable to interpret the whole business with the pool to be a folk tradition rather than a valid source of magical healing um, and the third one I thought this one was really interesting um, Bethesda means house of mercy and was interpreted to be a symbol for the mercy Jesus showed the disabled man the five porches or porticos symbolized the Pentateuch or the five books of Moses so what the Pentateuch could not do or the law Jesus will do Now, I don't know, these are just different interpretations, but regardless, I think the principle applies whether fact or fiction. Jesus came to change the mindset, and he came to change the preconceived concept of how life change takes place. Because think about it, like, Josh, could you grab his legs? Zach, you're stronger than Josh, so I need you to grab the upper part of the body because you're stronger. So you're gonna grab under his shoulders, Just a little bit like, okay, but you're going to actually have to, you're going to pick, well, yeah, but don't rip his arms off. Sorry, Trent. We will pray for you. If anything breaks, we'll pray for you. So this is how my imagination works. Like if he did have somebody and the angel comes down and, is this okay today? Angel comes down and troubles the water. And now he's got to be the first one in. So he's got his friends today. He finally found people who feel sorry for him. Water troubles, and they throw him in. Don't actually throw him. Just drop him in the water. But set him. There we go. Now, I didn't think about this because I'm a lot more compassionate. But there was somebody in first service that as you think about chance or luck. Thank you, guys. You, can, you get to stay in the pool. Did you bring your rubber ducky? You're the one. Um, He gets in. He's lame. Somebody tosses him in the water. He lands in, splashes, does a cannonball. Lame. But what if somebody else's big toe touched the water first? See, Bill was like, what happens if he was the last one? Now he drowns and dies. Thank you, Mr. Bingham. He's lame. If he's the first one in, he thinks, but he can't swim. Now he's dead. And I just began to rehearse this, like this picture in my mind of these people that are so desperate for something to change in their life. And here's Jesus. Coming on the scene, seeing this sea of people gathered around this pool. And he didn't sit down and say, Trent, what's going on? Oh, you need somebody to throw you in the water? Okay, I'll hang out and wait. Because that's what we do today, isn't it? Like, we kind of like hang out in people's pain. This wasn't in first service, so this is for somebody. But we don't ever like actually offer them what we have. We just, you know, just sit with them. I'm so sorry, man. That really sucks to be you. You really got dealt a bad deck of cards. You really don't have any good luck. The chances that God might set you free, I don't know. You know, I, I, I have yet to receive anything like that from God, but maybe God will show you. Isn't that, isn't that kind of how our conversation, I mean, maybe not you guys, but no, Jesus comes on the scene and he says, rise, rise. Take up your bed. Jeez. Trent's trying to pull me in the water and walk. You can walk back to your seat. Thanks, Trent. Thank you. Give him a big hand. So Jesus came to change the mindset. I'm I'm finishing up this morning. He came to change the preconceived concept of how life change takes place. See, spiritually speaking, he makes people upright. My last point for you this morning, Bill, if you'd please come. Number three, he releases. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse number three says, call to me and I will answer. He doesn't say call to me and if I'm not busy, I'll pick up the phone. If you're lucky, I'll answer. No, he says, call to me, I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Jesus came to give an answer to the needs of humanity. They're not found in our superstitions and our ways and our practices and our ideals. They're found in the word of God. Everything Jesus did was a fulfillment of what he declared in the word. I thought the pool was so significant because it represents something greater than just a story in the Bible. To me, I think as people, if we were to be honest for a moment in church this morning, I think many of us have pools in our life. Things that we, for lack of terms, lay next to hope in, think are gonna be the answer to the need of our life. You know, if I just follow the law, if I just stay upright, God's gonna God's gonna do it I'm not a very good basketball player today I keep missing religion if I just am holy enough man if I just if I just spend more time praying and read my Bible and listening to the right worship song if I just get religious enough God's gonna Bring the break to now do read your Bible, pray, listen to worship music. But you know what I'm talking about. Like we I'm just not God's not hearing me and God's not moving because I'm not religious enough. Maybe your pool is your career. When I get when I get the right, you know, when when that is right, man, everything else can be good in my life. material goods if i could just amass enough stuff people would think i'm significant people would think i have something to say people people will recognize who i am this this these were all people in first service nobody in here if i just get the right relationships in my life the so we lay by this pool and god if you love me you'll bring the right spouse the right friends the right things and if not I'll swipe right or swipe left or Technology's fun today, isn't it? Get online and go fishing. Accomplishments. Social status. I mean what what's your pool today? I think we all have them, don't we? Maybe not, maybe just me. Money? I think that's a big one. If I just had enough money, God, my problems would be over. And you'd start singing the song da 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 da, da. I'm kidding. Right? Like, what's our pool? Like we, we invest our life, man. we're willing to just lay in that thing and wait, like God. when you bring me enough, then I'll be good enough, I'll have enough, I'll be significant enough. my life, my value, my worth. But i love the picture of christ he just walks in he didn't look at what the man did he didn't look at what the man had he didn't ask him why he was in that condition he didn't consult his past he just simply saw a person in need and he just reached his hand out and he said rise take up your bed and walk can i tell you friend that no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how long you've been in church, no no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, you're always going to have things pulling on your life until the day you die. There's always going to be something pulling on you to distract you. I'm trying. From the real needs all around us. But I think we get so wrapped up into our pool that we are just neglecting those that have yet to ever receive anything like what we've received they laid at this pool thinking if i'd get everything right if the stars align if the right card is dealt that my life will be made whole why do we have casinos going up at a record pace why do we have scratchers in the lottery why is the lottery hitting all-time highs Why? why 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 because people are looking for their answer and things they'll never find it in. Would you stand to your feet this morning? The Bible says in Philippians chapter four and verse number 19, it's my favorite offering scripture, man. It's one of the, one of the go-tos. But as I was studying, God said, this isn't an offering scripture today. When Jesus showed up, when he walked into that town every need at that pool every need was met according to who he is my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory this morning friend everything you truly need is in christ he doesn't make a show he just brings breakthrough this morning what do you need from christ Jesus' triumphant entrance into our lives and into that city that day was so symbolic of his character and nature a true servant with one purpose to bless humanity so today as I think about God's miraculous blessing his miraculous provision in my life as a savior and how he appeared so unexpectedly in my life God began to challenge me to challenge you This morning, if you guys haven't realized, I'm a visual learner. I began to think about the reason why these people laid at this pool. And God began to challenge me. Say, Sean, there's so many people in your life That are just laying by the pool today. That are just waiting for somebody to be like Christ. And maybe get their eyes off of themselves and humbly walk through El Dorado County and offer the greatest gift, the only gift that truly brings change to the hearts of people, and that is the gift of Jesus Christ. This morning we have a few minutes. I felt like today would be significant because there's some of you you've and I think it's all of us and we might have to rip some papers in half and share but there's something that has been a distraction in your life what's your pool this morning what is it that's keeping you from stopping and not passing by anymore I said in first service I did the studies of our county and did you know that close to 80 percent of the people that breathe air in el dorado county claim zero religious affiliation i talk with other pastors and this is not this is i do not mean this in a negative context okay i don't i'm not Please do not take this that way. Most church growth is people changing churches, and that that's there's that's there's there's time and season for that. But but I believe that there's a lot of lost people that are laying by the pool that are waiting for us to step away from the pool and walk in the blessing that God's given us. And so this morning, my challenge for you is: What if this week? We left our pool and we started looking for those that are in need around us. And maybe next Sunday, on Easter Sunday, we could see the resurrection of Jesus Christ come alive in people's lives that have never, ever met Jesus Christ. They're everywhere. Two weeks ago, we had two young men that have never stepped foot in a church before come to youth group. And God touched their heart. People are just waiting for you to say, will you come? I'll pick you up. I'll drive you. I'll grab you, whatever it is. So this morning, as Bill Place, what pool is keeping you? What's distracting you? As he plays this morning, maybe you would come and write it on a piece of paper and throw it in the pool, and then we're going to pray together. If that's you today, everybody's doing it. Nobody's looking at what you're writing. It's not about that. It's just I believe there's an act that God honors. It's a faith step. And maybe you say, God, maybe it's just you feel you've walked it out long enough, and you can feel free to come whenever you're ready. And you would say, God, tonight, today, this morning, In this moment, I'm leaving it at the altar. I'm leaving it today because, God, you care more for the one lost sheep than the 99. So, Father, we thank you today. If that's you, friends, let's take a moment and respond to the word of God this morning. Amen.